You're listening to the Anchor Faith Church Message Podcast with our senior pastor, Earl Glisson. Enjoy the message. Prayer is simply communing with the Lord. And um, it doesn't matter what kind of technology is out there. It's something that can happen anywhere by anyone. Amen. We don't have to. All we got to do is just talk to the Lord. Amen. And if we want to have Jesus' results, because he said, as he is, so are you in the earth, then you're going to have to spend time in prayer because Jesus prayed. Amen. Now, Jesus had time set aside that he prayed, right? There's times that he would, um, you know, go off and pray. But I would venture to say since Paul, by the Holy Ghost, wrote, um, pray without ceasing. Well, how can you pray without ceasing when you're having a conversation with someone? So it just means we always need to be ever present in a position that we can talk to God. You know, I converse with my wife throughout the day. And when I see her, usually I do not ignore her. Do you hear what I'm saying? I acknowledge her. I recognize her presence. I say, and even if I say, man, you look great today. Or thanks for doing that. I just conversed with her. And if we find ourselves, you know, throughout the day, we should just stop sometime and say, thanks. Lord, I recognize you're there. I love you. Thank you for what you've done. Anything you need me to do now, appreciate you giving me wisdom there in that situation. Thank you that you've changed me. Those are times of prayer. You know, it's not just being on your knees. You can get on your knees, sure. But that's not, I'm officially in prayer because I've gotten on my knees. No, you're officially in prayer when you begin to acknowledge and speak to the Lord. Amen? Amen. Well, it's great to see you tonight. God's so faithful. We're going to be, uh, I'm going to minister a little bit along some lines today because we're doing Separate Timber. If you're a first-time guest with us here at Anchor Faith Church, uh, we're dedicating this month of September. So we kind of got this little phrase, Separate Timber, that we're doing. We're separating ourselves to prayer and fasting. What kind of fasting will you do? You have to ask the Lord. But biblical fasting is abstaining from food. Maybe you do not, uh, maybe you do take the time to say, I'm not going to do Instagram. I'm not going to do um, Facebook. I'm not going to do that. Well, that's fine. That's just a weight that you're setting aside that would rob from you staying focused in prayer. It's not fasting. So you're not fasting from TV. You're not fasting from your phone. You're not fasting from your friends. You're laying them aside as a weight and say they're not going to distract me in my prayer time. Fasting is always abstaining from food. So whatever that may be. I've given you a couple examples. You could just take a whole food group out. I'll not eat meat, just do fruits and vegetables. Well, you can eat and not starve, right? You could eat as many meals as you want, but you've let that go. And let me tell you something. When you let a food group grow, uh, all of a sudden your mind will start wanting that food group. I mean, it'll happen. So even though you're full, you'll be like, boy, I sure can't wait to get a hold of some chicken. 
Can't wait to go to Chick-fil-A again, right? And you'll be waiting, be counting down the days to the end of separate timber. You want some of the Lord's chicken, right? Amen. I'm so excited the current is with us tonight. Let's give it up for the current. They're here in prayer with us. And then I just want to thank our congregation that came out Sunday night to pray. We had a great time connecting with um, uh, Rama and had a surprise. You know, um, I came in a little late from class and my wife said, I don't see Pastor Lynette. Did you get this right? I'm like, yes, yeah, tonight. She's not there. <laughs> I'm like, uh, maybe she's in the back. I mean, this is text Pastor Craig. So I text Pastor Craig. I said, is tonight the night y'all are doing this prayer time? Am I correct? He said, yes. I said, okay. And I took a picture from the back and said, we're connected with you. Next thing you know, Pastor Lynette gets out and gives Anchor Faith Church a shout out. So that was pretty awesome. And um, we had a great time of prayer. I hear they may do it one more time before the election. So if they do, we'll connect again. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm going to go quickly through some scripture because uh, Chase ministered last uh, week and I must go shorter than him now. So uh, that way, you know, I'll become your favorite. I'm just kidding. Um, but we're, we've got a lot to do. Uh, we're going to spend a little time in prayer and we're going to do communion because every service in September, we're going to do communion. So if you did not get a communion element uh, here in a few moments, we'll have our ushers come back around and make sure you get it. If you're not familiar with it, there's a little tab here that allows you to pull off the clear part and get to the wafer or the bread. And then you'll pull off the purple part and that'll allow you to get to um, um, the wine, which is not wine. It's just juice. Okay. Uh, the blood of Jesus. And um, we will uh, do that. I encourage you. Do not spill it. Make sure you drink it. Okay. All right. Uh, so I want to talk to you tonight real quick since we're launching into prayer. Um, do you understand? We say this often and I just want to bring it back around so that we have a solid foundation scripturally. Every religion prays. So prayer alone is nothing. God's not impressed with prayer. God's impressed when we pray in line with his will and, and expect an answer. So I've said often, Anchor Faith Church, we don't want to be known as a church that prays. We want to be known as a church that has answered prayers. In fact, um, I received a little piece of information about someone that wasn't feeling well, had some challenges. And um, this individual wrote to me and said, um, you know, um, I believe that you can be like the centurion and speak the word only and they can be healed. Amen. Well, they've seen answered prayers through us before. That's why we, we get, when trouble comes, they'll uh, a lot of times come back and ask for prayer. Okay. So, but before we launch into what the Bible says concerning answered prayer, I want to show you why prayer is denied to those, why people don't get their prayers answered. This is very important for us to see this list real quick because if you don't know why they get denied, why they're not being answered, then you'll get disillusioned and say, I prayed to God and he didn't answer me. But there are things that we must not have in our prayer life. The first one is you ask amiss. James tells us you have not cause you ask not, right? But when you ask, you ask amiss, meaning I'm asking only to fulfill my own personal desire. It really has nothing to do with anyone else. 
So when you're off and you're asking, God's not going to answer that prayer. The second thing is regard iniquity in your heart. You've got some challenges going on in your heart. Your heart brings some things there, and that becomes a challenge. You need to examine yourself because God wants to talk to you. The, set, the third thing here is live in sin. I mean, if you are born again, you have the Holy Ghost in you, and you willfully are just living in a rebellious lifestyle to God, that's going to be a challenge for your prayer life to be answered because he answers the prayers of the righteous. And if you're not wanting to maintain the righteousness you are in Christ by living any old way, that's going to become a struggle. Uh, offering unworthy service to God. You know, sometimes we, you know, treat God like he's a buddy. Sometimes we, you know, don't take into account he's a God that should be in, uh, we should have reverence for. You know, yo, Lord, you know, I need you to do this for me. Okay? Um, we forsake God. A lot of times we'll go look somewhere else for a different answer. In fact, if you've been in your Bible reading plan, you know back uh, when we were having a, uh, were reading about Elijah or Elisha, one of the kings sent for um, uh, to get an answer about his healing from a false god, and the prophet cut it off and says, "What is there not a god in Israel? And you gonna go to a fake one? You let him know he's gonna die, right? Reject the call of God." You know, there's a lot of times God's speaking to people about what they should be doing in life, and they're like, I'm going to live my own life. I'm not going to actually do what God's called me to do. Well, why is God obligated to answer your prayer? You're not going to do anything for him in the first place. Jesus always had answered prayer because he said, I only do my Father's will. Right? But if we know this, then you understand that you can get in these places where you can always talk to God, right? Hear not the law, meaning that you, there's a condition in play that you're choosing to not listen to. And we say law, we're not talking Ten Commandments. We're talking about whatever God says concerning something. And if you're not listening to that, if you don't understand the condition associated with it, the bottom line is your prayer can go unanswered. Is be denied. Are deaf to the cry of the poor. Now, you got to hear God because he said it as often as you give to the poor, right? You'll always have the poor. And so you need to listen. But we need to not always act like, well, we ain't going to do nothing for them and have no concern about those who are poor. We need to be able to be have an ear to hear and be concerned because if we just disregard them, it'll hinder our prayer life. All right? I could say one more that's not on this list because it just came up in my spirit. If we don't treat our spouse right, and it's very, it's directly connected to a husband that if he doesn't honor his wife right, if he doesn't treat her right, his prayer can be hindered. So sometimes husbands aren't getting things done. Number one, because they ask amiss, they're like, Lord, change my wife. That's the first problem. Then the second problem is, is they are, there's an issue between them and God's struggling. So let's just get it right. Amen. Other reasons are they're bloodshedders, meaning they're going around and, and trying to destroy people. You know, they want to see people hurt, want to see people uh, eliminated. Um, they're people that, that are very violent. 
They're idolaters. They have worship other things than God. Uh, they're wavering. The Bible tells us when we ask in faith without wavering. Because if you, if you ask God, if you lack something and you ask him, but you waver, he said that person can expect to receive nothing from God. And it's not that God doesn't want an answer. It's just that you waver. They're hypocrites. Right? The Lord had a big problem with the prayers of the Pharisees. Oh, they get on the street corners with the long prayers. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So don't be a hypocrite. Or proud. Can't let pride be a problem. I mean, in anything, sometimes, I mean, I do this often in the context that I'm like, now, Lord, what directions I'm going, things are doing, I don't want to be so prideful or in pride that I can't say, hey, I missed that. Or I didn't see that right, or I didn't do that right. Because if there needs to be an adjustment, you let me know. Or self-righteous. That's living God's way on your terms, not his. All right? Are enemies of the saints. You know, there's a lot of people out there that actually are enemies to the saints. They gossip, backbite. You know, a lot of issues going on, jealousy, different things. They'll, they'll hinder. And then cruelly oppress saints. You know, and there's a wave right now in our nation where the church is having a layer of persecution like it's never been seen in the United States, but is pretty commonplace and even worse in other countries. And those individuals, you know, talking to God is going to be a problem. It's going to be an issue. So you want to make sure you're not on this list so that as we move forward, we'll see that God does answer prayer. In fact, he expects, that's his expectation. So let me run through a list of scriptures. You know, the Bible says, let everything be confirmed by two or three witnesses. And again, I, it, this is the prayer services are the least attended, but the most powerful times of supernatural moves of God. And why is it? Because most people are uncomfortable with talking to God. Number two is because they, they're on a, the, this list somewhere and they're not dealing with themselves. And because they talked to God, they didn't get the answer they were expecting. And so basically they start to blame God or begin to conclude, well, maybe it's not what he wants when you can find out what he wants. But we're going to see in scripture here, not, not just two or three, but multiple scriptures that God does answer. And the, a lot of reason why we don't want to pray is because we're afraid he won't answer. The thing is, is that he will help correct your, your conversation. <laughs> Sometimes you'll go to ask something, the Lord says, hmm, yeah, I can't do that. Right? Uh, you're going to be my wife. Uh, yeah, not going to do that. Not going to make them want you, per se. You know, because I've had people do that, you know, not for me, but go to Bible schools and say, the Lord told me. And then get upset, I didn't get the woman you, I, they're free will. Okay. You know, I wanted that job. Well, okay, you didn't get that job. But you got a job. And maybe that job came around later, but you weren't patient enough to wait on it or to let it come back around. So again, there's a lot of things that would try to attack our minds so that all of a sudden we're like, we don't want to pray because we don't think he'll actually 
hear us or answer us. So Psalms 99, 6, it says it this way. Moses and Aaron were coming, uh, were among the priests, and Samuel was among those who called on his name. They called upon the Lord, and he what? He answered them. What did he do? What did he do? What did he do? He answered. Psalms 118, verses 5 and 6. From my distress, can you get in distress? So, when, listen, God doesn't just answer when you're in trouble. <laughs> Being in trouble is not a condition that you need an answer now. But here's the thing about distress. A lot of times in our distress, we expect him to answer at a specific time. And he's not obligated to deliver you in the time you want. But will he deliver you? Well, let's see. He said, from my distress, I called upon the Lord. And he and the Lord, what did he do? Answered me and set me in a large place. The Lord is for me. I will not fear what can man do to me. Hallelujah. So did he answer? Now, I could stop there, but I won't. There's more. I'm like that commercial, but there's more. Psalms 138.3, in case you didn't know whether God would answer real prayers or not to him. On that day I called, you answered me. You made me bold with strength in my soul. Did he answer? What did he do? He answered Isaiah 65.24. It will also come to pass that before they call, I will. What? Even before they call. And while they are still speaking, I will hear. You say, now why is God answering before they even call? Because God's the one who tells you what you should say in the first place. Then he expects you to say what he said so that then he can act on your faith. Hallelujah. Amen. But he will answer. Not maybe answer, could answer, might not answer. He won't answer if you don't meet the conditions. But when you meet the conditions, he will. What number are we? Four. Let's go to number five. Jeremiah 33, 3 says this. Call to me and I will answer. And I will tell you great mighty things which you do not. Now that's pretty awesome because that means you can go to prayer with the Lord and say, Now Lord, I just need to talk to you because honestly, I don't even know what to say. I don't even know how to deal with this situation I don't even know the right words I don't even know how to begin to get out of this or or what we should do in this circumstance and the Lord will answer you and say okay let me tell you some great and mighty things so that now you can say that in prayer and by faith then I'll make that come to pass so when we're talking with God we don't have to know everything but we do have to talk to him to get to know something that he's telling us so that now we can, in prayer, through the prayer of faith, begin to receive that answered prayer. That was number what? Five. Let's do number six. We're double for our trouble. By two or three witnesses, I'm giving you a sixth witness. I could give you more, but we will, and we will tonight, but there's even more than I'll give tonight. Psalms 91, verses 15 and 16 says, He will call upon me and I might hear him, maybe I won't. It depends on what I'm doing. See, our God is not like the false God that Elijah dealt with, the, pro, the, the uh, Baal, when he dealt with the prophets of Baal, and they were trying to get their God to hear them from heaven and pour down fire on their altar. And remember what Elijah said? He said, maybe, he, uh, maybe he's distracted. Uh, maybe you should say it a little bit louder. 
Uh, maybe one translator said, maybe he's relieving himself. He's gone to the bathroom. I mean, he, he's mocking him because he knows your God doesn't even have ears. It's, it's someone of your imagination. Hallelujah. But he knew his God would hear him, and he was so confident that he soaked his altar down so much that they would never even be able to think that he did some trickery to get fire to show up. And God heard the prayer of Elijah. Well, he will call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him where? In trouble. So if you're in trouble, don't get upset. God's there. Just start talking. He said, I'll rescue him. Not only does he rescue you, but then he'll honor you. So if somebody's trying to create trouble in your life, you talk to God. Not only will he rescue you, but then he'll honor you in front of the ones that have been causing you trouble. He said, with a long life, I'll satisfy him and let him see my salvation. That's good news, isn't it? How about Psalms 34, 4? He said, I sought the Lord, and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Amen. Yeah, sure. During this pandemic, you may have had fear tried to come, but if you'll talk to the Lord about how you should respond and what you should do, he'll hear you, he'll answer you, and he'll deliver you so that you can navigate even in this type of environment without fear. Hallelujah. That's good news, isn't it? So how many have we done so far? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. How about another one? Number eight, Jeremiah 29, 11. You know this through 13. He says, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for calamity to give you a future and a hope. So I don't care what's going on in the world today. For you, covenant child, he doesn't have a problem for you. He has a plan for you to prosper you, even in the midst of this. Amen. He knows how to take care of the righteous. He goes on in verse 12. He said, then you will call upon me and come and pray to me. And what's God going to do? I will listen. I'll listen to you. You will seek me and find me. And when you search for me with all your heart. The message translation says it this way. I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out. Plans to take care of you, not to abandon you. Plans to give you the future you hope for. When you call on me, when you come and pray to me, I'll listen. When you come looking for me, I'll, you'll find me. Yes, when you get serious about finding me and want it more than anything else. You got to want it more than Instagram. You got to want it more than Facebook. You got to want it more than TikTok. You got to want it more than Snapchat. You got to want it more than Netflix. Uh, Netflix. You got to want it more than Hulu. You got to want it more than a theater. You got to want it more than your friends. You got to want it more than your work. You got to want it more than your job. You got to want it more. Oh, Lord, I have. He said, man, just come find me and I'll listen to you. We'll have a conversation. The problem is, is you're trying to pass me in a hallway and say, hey, Lord, can you take care of this other guy? I got something to do. And he's like, what? What did you say? Hallelujah. Because I'm telling you right now, the church has the power to bring power and make it available in the earth. Because if no weapon formed against the church is not going to prosper, the church is going to actually have to pray to the God who delivers them 
so that those weapons won't actually prosper. Because if they do, it's not God's fault. All right? I know all those are in the Old Testament. You may say, well, they're all the Old Testament, you know. They all, at least all the Old Testament saints got heard by God. What about the New Covenant? Well, you know, we're in a new and better covenant. This is pretty exciting. Because in the Old Covenant, they didn't even have God living in them. He wasn't speaking to a spirit alive. Their spirit, man, was still dead. But in the New Covenant, we're born again. Born of the Spirit of God. Recreated in the likeness of Christ. We have a, a spirit that does not desire to sin or disobey our Father. And then the Holy Ghost, the third person of the Godhead, will come and get on the inside of this suit and start talking to us clearly and plainly in our inner man and say, now, I was just listening to Jesus while he was seated by Dad because you know he's praying for you. See, the devil will talk to your mind and say, nobody cares about you. Nobody knows you exist. God don't care about you. Why ain't any, anybody answering? You, it's like nobody even know, God don't even know you exist. But the Holy Ghost in you say, I was just conversing with Jesus who's seated at the right hand of your daddy and his, and he's interceding for you. Every day, every hour, every second. And he's God, so that means he can run your name. Luke, Brittany, Carlos. He can run it through. Boom, 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 just like that. He's like all constantly. You're always on his mind, and he's always interceding that you can hear him, seek him, and you'll find him. I mean, he's praying you'll find him way more than you're praying a lot of times that he'll find you, that you'll find him. But in all these things, when we pray... And he answers is because the new covenant scripture lets us know exactly why we know we get answered prayers. And that's 1 John chapter 5, starting in verse 14. It says this, this is the confidence. Now, I like that. You know why I like that? Because that means in keeping with this new covenant we're in, the Bible says we can boldly come before the throne of grace. We don't sheepishly we don't, oh, don't kill me, Lord. Because, man, when your heart's right, you can walk right up in there and say, Dad, you're on the throne. Jesus is right there beside you. I'm right here. I'm your child. I've come to talk to you. So this is the confidence which we have before him. And what is this confidence that we have? That if we ask anything, now that's not anything. That's anything according to his will. So when you, the Holy Ghost in you says, I was just talking to Jesus who was seated at the right hand of your daddy. And he told me to tell you to say this. Then you can begin to say, now, Father, I'm coming to you in the name of Jesus. And I'm asking this. I'm declaring this. I'm saying it. So I have confidence that what I'm saying now, I've heard from the Holy Ghost who's only talked to Jesus because he won't speak anything on his own initiative. He won't talk about himself. He's only going to talk about the Lord. And he says this, if I ask anything according to his will, that's the will of the Father, he hears us. What's he do? 
he hears us. Then, verse 15, he's not just going, yep, oh, that was so good they talked to me. I'm not going to do what they say, but, you know, I understand. It was just fun hearing them talk to me today. No, let's verse 15. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask. Now, whatever we ask is what? According to his will, not whatever we ask. Well, I asked the Lord for a boat, and he didn't give me. I asked the Lord for, you know, a, uh, a wife, and I hadn't got one yet. I asked the Lord for a million dollars and got nothing. Okay. Right? No, what's his will for your purpose and why he created you on the planet? If we, if we know that he hears us and whatever we ask according to his will, we know. Not, listen, this is not even like faith. Now, I'm not saying it doesn't have faith that you're calling those things that be not as though they were. I'm saying he uses, we have faith that we have the request that we've asked. It says we know. That means it's kicked into this. It's that way. It's no other way. Can't be any other way. And that's it. I know it. Is that going to happen? Yes. I know it. Well, it didn't happen today. I know it. It's got to happen. He told me. I prayed. I got it. According to his will. According to his will. Because his word will not return unto him void, but it shall accomplish that which it was sent to do. Hallelujah. So we see here that God expects to answer the prayers of the saints. He's not like withholding. He expects to answer you. But he cannot answer you if you're not in the position that allows him to answer or... You're ignorant of his will. But when you know, I said when you know, then you can have confidence. You can have confidence. Hallelujah. And you know why prayer is so important? Because the Bible says he's a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Which means you can get going with God. He's a lamp unto you. He can have a light down at the end and you see the ultimate goal. But he's a lamp into your feet, which you would think when you're looking at it, it's straight. But have you ever gone to a place where there's actually a curve? And now you're here and you can't even see the final destination. You just know it was there. But this is the way. And eventually that thing can get back around and you can see the end again. But yet you still don't see what's in between. That's where our faith walk takes place. And sometimes what we think will get us to our destination may not be the step God wants. It may be this one. That's why we always got to be in prayer. Talking to the Lord. Conversing and spending time with Him. And prayer is not just asking God for something. Prayer is just simply talking to God. Sometimes I don't ask my wife for nothing. I just want to tell her how awesome she is and how much I love her and how beautiful she is and how great she looks in that or whatever the case may be. You know, how good she did a great job or whatever that thing is. You know what? That's my communing with her. But how much more my heavenly father who sent his son Jesus that I can say, man, I'm just so thankful that I'm breathing today. I'm so thankful he gave me life. I thank for this peace. You're just so good. I just want to magnify you. You're awesome. Can I just say, did, did I tell you today you're awesome, God? Because you're an awesome God. I mean, you're such an awesome God. And then in that conversation, then the Lord said, yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. But I love you. And man, there's some things I got for you. Can you say this about you? Or can you say this about this person? Can you stand in the gap for that? And then our prayer life goes to a whole nother level. Hallelujah. So with that being said, I want you to stand to your feet. And I want us to pray some Pauline prayers tonight. I'm giving you what to pray. And then we'll take communion here in a minute.
Because in this new covenant we're in, we can boldly go before the throne of grace. We can know his will and we can confidently talk to God. And he hears us. But in order for us to have this great confidence in any time of our life, whether we're in trouble or whether we're doing great, whatever the condition may be, in order for us to have confidence, we have to have wisdom. We have to understand God's will. So the Pauline prayers, we call them, are the letters to the churches that Paul wrote and he had this passion in his prayer life for those churches. And we're in the same dispensation. It's called the age of grace, one could say. It could be the last or the last days, you could call it. You could also call it the church age, the body of Christ. So if this was applicable for the church in Ephesus and the church in Colossia, if it's applicable, then it's applicable for Anchor Faith Church today. Amen? So I want us to do this prayer together. Now pray it in faith. Believe it. Because this is God's will. This is the Holy Scripture concerning what He wants to take place for the saints. Can you put one of them up? We're going to do it together. Kind of like we do our confession over our offering, okay? Let's pray this together. Now, I may, it may seem sterile, but it's not. Because we are talking to God and God will hear you say this and he'll identify whether you are believing what you're saying. Okay? So we're going to say this together. Let's pray. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, come on, say it out loud, the Father of glory, may give to, with all the saints, what is the bread and a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. I pray that the eyes of our heart may be enlightened so that we will know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the surpassing greatness of his power towards us who believe these are in accordance with the working of the strength of his might, which he brought about in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heavenly places. Fall! above all rule and authority and power and dominion in every day that is named not only in this age but also in the one to come and he put all things in subjection under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church which is his body the fullness of him who fills all and all the next one for this reason I bow my knee before the father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name, that he would grant Anchor Bay Church, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man, so that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith, and that Anchor Bay Church, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge. That Anchor Bay Church may be filled up with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us. 
to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Well, the next one, what's it say? Let's pray this one together. I pray that utterance may be given to our pastors in the opening of their mouths to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel for which we are ambassadors, that in proclaiming it, we, we may speak boldly as we ought to speak. Now, I didn't add in chains because none of you are in chains currently. None of us are in jail, so that's not applicable to us today. But if you were thrown in jail because you would not forsake the assembling of yourself together and some kind of government came and tried to suppress the church and put us all in jail, then we would add that and put it back in and say, in chains! But we're not in chains. Hallelujah. All right, let's go on. You say, Pastor Earl, why did you put Anchor Faith Church? Because if you look at it in, it's a, it just in the Bible, it's referencing the church of that letter. But we are, this is our name. So that's why we make it personal. All right? Okay. And this, I pray, that Anchor Faith Church's love may abound still more and more in real knowledge and all discernment so that Anchor Faith Church may prove the things that are excellent in order to be sincere and blameless until the day of Christ, having been filled with the fruit of righteousness, which comes through Jesus to the glory and praise of God. Woo, these are good prayers. My goodness, these are good prayers. All right. And to the church uh, in Colossians, let's read this. Ready? We have not ceased to pray for Anchor Faith Church and to ask that they may be filled with the knowledge of His will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding so that we may walk in a manner worthy of the Lord to please Him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all power according to His glorious might, for the attaining of all steadfastness and patience, joyously giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in life. For he rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sin. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We magnify you. We thank you that these are prayers for us in the church. Let's pray this one together. Praying at the same time for us as well that God will open up to Anchor Faith Church as a door for the word so that we may speak forth the mystery of Christ, that we may make it clear in the way we ought to speak, conduct ourselves with wisdom towards outsiders, making the most of the opportunity. Let our speech always be with grace as though seasoned with salt so that we will know how we should respond to each person. Now you ought to write that one down and put it on the back of your phone so that when you're flipping through Facebook and Instagram and see something and you want to throw something out there, flip it over and read that prayer. Hallelujah. All right, let's go to the next one. 1 Thessalonians 2, 13. For this reason, we also constantly thank God that when Anchor Faith Church receives the word of God, which we've heard from our pastors, we accept it not as the word of men, but what it really is, the word of God, which also performs its work in us who believe. Thank you, Jesus. Go ahead and thank him. I said, go ahead and thank him. 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 
so good. He's so worthy. Mario, we got another one up. All right, go ahead and put it up. Finally, brethren, pray for Anchor Bay Church that the word of the Lord will spread rapidly and be glorified, just as it did also with us, and that we will be rescued from perverse and evil men, for not all have faith, but the Lord is faithful, and he will strengthen and protect us from the evil one. Aren't you glad you have divine protection? Hallelujah. Divine protection. Divine protection. Divine protection. Divine protection. Divine protection. Now go ahead out of your own words. Just go ahead and thank him for what he's done. Whatever comes up in your heart, I want you for the next three minutes to just pray on your own accord. Spend a little time with your heavenly father. Talk to him by the spirit. Let him know how much you appreciate him and how you are going to be connected in prayer this whole September, take an extra time to seek him because he will hear you and he will answer. Thank you so much for listening to this message. If you want more, subscribe to our message podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Rating and leaving a comment will go a long way with helping our messages get better circulation. If you'd enjoy watching our weekend messages, visit youtube.com forward slash anchor faith. We'd love it if you'd subscribe, leave a comment or a like on the messages. If you'd like to find out more information about us and how we're influencing the world and help support the work we're doing by giving, just visit anchorfaith.com.